Hello, Keller ISD, and welcome to another edition of the Westfall 101 podcast. I'm Bryce Neiman. And I'm Nicole McCullum with KISD Communications. And in this edition, Dr. Westfall visits with one of our elementary school educators who, despite a great deal of hardships growing up, is now living her dream of helping students learn, grow, and find their voice. So let's get to it. Cool. How's it going? Hey, Bryce. It's going really good, actually. We're in the middle of our busy event season. We get the opportunity to recognize amazing students and staff right now. The end of year is in sight, and the weather is warming up. Couldn't ask for anything more. Yay, the weather warming up. I do <laughs> uh, I do love the outdoors, as you know. I don't know about that. I'm not sure if it's because my skin just skips right past tanning and automatically burns upon <laughs> any sun exposure. Or the mosquitoes that uh, are magnetically attracted to the, the Dr. Pepper in my uh, my bloodstream. But yeah, the outdoors and I, uh, we get along really well. <laughs> that sounds a little rough. Yeah. You uh, you like Dr. Pepper? I know. It's hard to believe. Only when I'm awake. Ah. Just when I'm, I'm awake and not sleeping. But uh, <laughs> anyways, speaking of other passions besides Dr. Pepper, <laughs> okay. uh, we have a lot of people, obviously, in Keller ISD who are super passionate about education, which is a good, th- good thing to have. 100%. In, uh, in, in schools. But uh, in today's episode of Westfall 101, uh, Dr. Westfall gets to chat with someone who went through a lot just to live out her dream of extending educational opportunities to uh, all students. That's right. He's sitting down with Caprock Elementary Bilingual Academic Specialist Eva Gutierrez. And I'm really excited to hear her story. You guys might want to grab a tissue for this one. And with that, let's join Eva and Dr. Westfall. I'm excited to introduce Caprock Elementary School Bilingual Academic Specialist Eva Gutierrez. Eva, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to sit here and talk to you about, you know, my life. And thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So you, you've got quite a story uh, that I've I've heard little bits and pieces about that I know that you want to talk about today. And um, so let's start first with your role here at Caprock, how you support students, and then we'll just kind of dive in. Yes, um, so the main bulk of my job here is to create small groups to serve our emerging bilingual students in need of academic support. I serve uh, kinder through fourth grade in Spanish language arts and in math. Um, In addition to the small groups, I also support the language acquisition department uh, when we have newcomers and I have to test them to see if they qualify for the bilingual program. I also support the SPED department when a student gets an evaluation and we have to see which language they would the evaluation would be more accurate. Um, I also sit on arts and advocate for the needs of our emerging bilingual students. And I uh, support the campus needs for anything bilingual. And I'm also the bilingual translator for the campus. So yeah, I stay busy. You, you have lots of hats here yes, at Caprock. Yes, yes, yes. So not that you would have to have all the numbers completely memorized, but even if it's just approximate, how many how many kids do you serve here at Caprock? Um, about 50. 50 kiddos yeah. that are, that are that are in the bilingual program or potentially uh, newcomers into our area that need bilingual support? Like um, when I say 50, I'm talking like the small groups that Got I you. serve, but okay. like I can serve anybody in the classroom if the teacher needs, you know, something. So right. not just like the ones that need academic support, but if they need um, something in a different area, I could also serve them. Well, and the main reason I think it's important to talk about is is the for people to understand that in Keller ISD, we have kids who who need this bilingual support, not just at Caprock, obviously, but mm-hmm. at other campuses as well. So yes. I'm just glad that you're here to, to help them out. So how, 
How long have you been in Keller ISD, or specifically at Cabrock? Uh, I've, I've been in Keller ISD the same time I've been in Cabrock. Yep. I've only been here for, for three years. Okay. Um, this is my, my third year with Keller ISD, my second year as an ISD, as a, as a specialist. Mm -hmm. I started as a first grade um, teacher, and then this position became available. I applied for it, and, you know, I got it, and I, I love Cabrock. Um, both of my, my students are, both of my own children are enrolled here in the bilingual program, and um, I'm... I don't have plans to go anywhere, you know, until they have, as long as they have me. Our administration is amazing. The teachers really care about the students. Um, you know, I'm sure you know about our Leader in Me program, mm -hmm. uh, which really helps our students, not just academically, but also emotionally. We're not just growing um, learners, we're growing leaders. So, right. yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, here. that's a fantastic program. So, what grade are your kids in? Um, my youngest is in kinder, mm -hmm. and the older one is in first grade, so back to back. Yeah. So they're here for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they're That's here awesome. for a while. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So I know you've got a, a, a bigger story, you know, before Keller ISD, before Caprock Elementary School. Tell us a little bit about you. Whatever amount you want to talk about just growing up, what your childhood's like, what brought you here to, to Keller? Yeah, um, I'll tell you, I guess I'll start from the beginning, sure. you know, um, from uh, Michoacan, Mexico. I um, come from a very large family. It's uh, I'm the baby of nine. Um, the way that I grew up, you know, education wasn't the most important thing. Um, eating was. Uh, because of life uh, hardships, none of my siblings were able to finish past middle school. Um, I know some of them, they enjoy going to school and they were, you know, very good. Like one of my sisters, she even skipped the grade, you know, she because she was so, so smart. But when there's a battle between a rumbling belly and a curious brain, mm. it's not a battle. Your belly is always going to, hunger is always going to win. So my memories from my childhood include my mother washing and ironing clothes for a living at night while, um, and also selling candy outside the school during the day and just cleaning houses. Uh, growing up, I didn't have a very stable place to live. So when I started school for the first time, I was eight. My older sister was 10 and my older brother was 12. All three of us in first grade for the first time. First time <laughs> ever stepping place in a school. And... Um, when I went to school, I I quickly fell in love with letters and just learning about history and science. It was um, as if I had been asleep, you know, and school was opening my eyes to a world that was in front of me, but I just wasn't aware of it. I would like look at a butterfly and be like, oh, the butterfly cycle or like, oh, now I know, you know, about Christopher Columbus and, you know, just things like that. Um, going to school was the first time in my life that I felt that I could be something more than just being a housewife or like um, a cleaning lady. Because mm. uh, that's kind of the only thing that I was exposed to, the only thing that I knew. As I learned to read and write, um, I was able to bring my lessons home. And I'm proud to say that my mom was my first student. Um, she never um, had a chance to go to school. She had a handicap, so, but she now knows how to read and write. And I, um, my mom, you know, we, we didn't have a lot, so she didn't have the means to pack us lunch, but we were happy climbing trees um, at school and getting mangoes and guayabas and avocados to, to eat for our lunch. They were, you know, hard times, but I learned a lot of things going to school. I had a lot of fun, and more than anything, I had a lot of love at home from my mom and my siblings. 
before I finished elementary school, I had already made up my mind that um, teaching was just a powerful job. I had really good teachers that care about me. And I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how, but I was like, I, um, I think I want to do this when I grow up. Te- teaching is something powerful. And mm. I think, I think I could do that, you know, when I grow up. So, so the dream started in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, um, you know, it was really when it started when I, when I was like, yeah, education is a path that I want to follow. So, so when you're, Obviously, you have a very unique story in in terms of your your education, but is it because of your experience and what you were what you were provided because of that, or was it a particular teacher or teachers that caused you to think that this is this is a route that even at the elementary level I want to do with my life? Um, I don't think it was like one specific event or one specific teacher. Um, I wanted to do something that like maybe someone in my family hadn't done. Mm. Um, I, and education was just, I, I admired the teachers that I had. Um, they, they cared deeply about me. They, um, an occasion teachers like would even like try to get us clothes or shoes, you know, um, sure. I was part of the, um, the flag team in Mexico is a, it's a big thing. Like whenever you are about to graduate and you, um, carry the flag so yeah yeah, but i didn't have the uniform so like my mom would she would make it for us but i didn't have the shoes and the teachers would provide it for us so they were you know not just really good humans Mm -hmm. and they made an impact in my life and so i i want to be that that human for for others here well and and i mean as i'm listening to you you're, you're describing not only the educational component of taking care of kids but you're as you said at the very beginning of this, it's how are kids taking care of their most basic needs taken care of because yes. you can't get through to them educationally if you're not taking Absolutely. care of their needs, um, which is obviously what you demonstrate here at Caprock every single day as well. Mm-hmm. So obviously you can't get to this point without going to college, mm-hmm. right? So um, talk a little bit about, I know you're the youngest, are you the first one to go to college in your family, Did you graduate from high school? What, how did that transpire? to get to this point? Yeah, um, so when I was uh, 16, mm-hmm. my mom, she had to go back to Mexico to take mm-hmm. care of my grandma and she wanted me to go back with her, but um, I rebelled and I said, <laughs> no, I'm gonna stay here. And um, my sister, um, she was already married, one of my sisters, and she provided, she said, you can stay at my house and you know I'll feed you, but you have to, provide for your own expenses. And you know, high school, sure. a high school student still has a lot of expenses. Mm-hmm. So um, I, to provide for myself, I, in high school, I waited tables. I worked as a brand ambassador. So you know, the people that give samples at, right. Right. at the grocery store. Right. Um, I even sold candy to my classmates uh, to pay for my high school expenses, my like my clothes and mm-hmm. you know, stuff. I also began my research for college, like early. Like mm. as a sophomore, I received my first um, my first essay, um, my first scholarship for writing an essay. Um, I participated in every club and sport, anything that I could because I knew that that looked good in college applications. And two thousand um, two thousand three, I graduated, you know, from Molina High School in Oak no, no Cliff. <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> um, I graduated top ten percent of my class. Mm-hmm. I, you know, received um, scholarships to attend um, 
to attend uh, several colleges, but I opted to go to TWU. Um, and to go to go to TWU, I um, had to keep in order to keep my scholarships. I had to keep uh, a three point five GPA, mm-hmm. and in order to provide for myself, I also had to work a full time. I had to keep a high GPA, and I also had to be there full time, and I also have to work full time to you know pay for school. So um, it wasn't. It wasn't easy, sure. but you know, um, I did it. I, um, it was, it was hard. Just you know, everything that um, I had to do to get there. Well, you were juggling a lot. So you, you said something in in um, when you were in high school and you were you were working through what you know how to, how to get to college, scholarship mm-hmm. stuff, or or filling out applications. But you made a comment like that. You said, "I know it was important to to do certain things in order to have it on my application." Yes. How did how how did you know? Sixteen year olds don't just naturally wake yeah. up in the morning and say, "Well, I know what's important for a college application." You know, um, the counselor counseling department mm-hmm. was open. The counselors were not available, but um, they they had all the information there. And so um, when I when I was um, when I was like learning about had to go to college and like what it took um i learned that like it just looks good on college applications um when you um when you are involved in sports when you um you know get involved in different things um right so you're you were self-taught i mean yeah you went you knew where to go find the information yes i think in addition to me making sure that I was involved in sports and um, in clubs and the student council and all of that, I also um, like my afternoons and my my time off that I had um, when my friends were going out. You know, like what what, what? high school students no. do, high not in student. color, no, like, no, no, not in Oak Cliff. No, but, they um, come home from school, they do their right. homework, they go to bed. Well, um, but some, you know, maybe doing other sure. activities. And I was like writing essays, mm. and I was filling out college applications. I received um, not a full ride, but just enough from different sources yeah. that I graduated college. You know. Um, Debt free. That's amazing. Um, That's <laughs> just based on academic and financial needs scholarships because yeah. I was, um, I, you know, my sister was not providing for me, and I, you know, the jobs that I did were <laughs> right. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're obviously very driven. I mean, <laughs> you don't get to this point through that story mm-hmm. um, without being driven. What what motivated you through all of that? I mean, at, at any given point, did you feel like, okay, this is not, I can't do this. This is not worth the the fight, or is there, what, what? What was that carrot at the end of the at the end that that you were able to keep fighting through? Like what drove me? Yeah. To, what kept me motivated mm-hmm. to achieve my goals? Um, in my my faith, mm-hmm. um, I've always mm-hmm. had uh, believe in in God. Um, I think my willingness to achieve something, um, and honestly, I had nothing to lose. Sure. And everything to gain. Yeah. Like my family, it's not that they weren't supportive. It just didn't know anyone that had been through this path. So like my mom saying, well, you can, if you stay, you stay like kind of like at your own risk. And my sister saying, if you stay, you have to work and provide for yourself, you know, because she was like, you could just, you don't have to keep going to school. 
you know, like, so all of those things and just, I don't know, maybe like me wanting to prove them, like, this is a new path that we can start for, for, uh, you know, for our students, for our own children, you know, education opened the doors for me to a new life full of opportunities that for many, I don't know, they might just be an expectation, you know, like, oh, you're expected to go to college. Um, But coming, me coming from nothing, I knew that I could achieve greater things for myself and set a new standard for those that come after me. My own son, he's, you know, in first grade here, he's seven years old and he wants to be a neurosurgeon. Like at seven, at seven, I didn't even know what that word meant, (laughs) but I love that, the idea that my kids can have someone to look up to Mm -hmm. and find inspiration from, from my story and find like, you know, be aware of things that they can, that they can become. How are you? I know obviously your own kids are going to benefit from this, but how are you using your, your own experiences and your story to, to help the kids that you work with? Um, I, um. I, you know, share my story, like whenever it's, we, I have, I have students that they are, they are, you know, might be really s- smart in math or like even language arts in their, in their country. But then when they come here, uh, thank goodness we have the bilingual program. And so the teachers are able to help, but sometimes like, especially in math, since it's not, uh, since it's done in English, mm-hmm. um, they, they struggle. So I, you know, shared stories about my when I came here and I can, you know, share a few stories that that happened to me when, um, when I first came, you know, to the United States and how that, um, (laughs) it's, it's comical now, but like kind of the path that it led me to here. Um, like when I first arrived to the U S it, it was kind of like a, well, going to school was kind of like a Charlie Brown cartoon. You know, when the teacher is talking, qua, 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 mm-hmm, qua, mm-hmm. Eva. And then it wasn't even Eva. It was Eva or Eva. And I'm like, ¿Quién es esa? Like, who is that? <laughs> oh, it's me. Okay. Here, here. No, here. You know, and so um, I went from my school in Mexico being uh, popular and happy and, you know, all of this good adjectives to coming to the U.S., and feeling, because um, I was in just an ESL. It wasn't a bilingual class. So my teacher, she was amazing, and and she was, but she was Vietnamese. She mm. didn't really um, understand. We didn't understand mm-hmm. each other at all. And then I came um, in March, so it was like toward the end of the the school year. So a lot of the students that didn't know English already knew more than I did, and so I I went through a period where I felt, you know dumb uh i couldn't i did i wasn't dressed in what everyone was wearing which was jeans i was dressed in the dresses that my mom would sell for me so i just didn't fit mm-hmm. with with everyone else um i'm gonna tell you two little stories of how i didn't know anything that was going on around me and how i identify and relate to some of my students that are here and how they're so smart and they could be in GT, but because of they don't know English, sometimes they're, you know, held back a a little Mm bit. Um, Especially probably happens more in like the upper grades than like at the the elementary level because we do have bilingual Mm -hmm. education here. But okay, so one story. um, I remember we were, it was computer lab and um, I remember the teacher, you know, guac, 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 something about a project and something we had to do on the computer. So I'm like, okay, what do I know about? It's, it's a project, okay. 
Christopher Columbus. Okay, so I'm going to do something about the three boats, La Niña, La Pinta, La Santa Maria, you know, and so I started doing that and blah, blah, blah. And then the day of the presentations came, and then I started noticing that theirs had pictures about them and their family and food, and oh, the presentation was supposed to be all about me, and I did something that was you know, <laughs> the teacher didn't make me present. And, mm. you know, she, I think for the most part that year, I was probably just getting like participation points on another occasion. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, on another occasion, I, um, another project, I don't know, it was, I don't even know what subject it was. Um, that's how little, you know, I, I was aware of what was going on around me. And um, I, Remember the teacher giving us a trifold and saying something about a project and uh, like we had to have a materials, hypotheses and like purpose and all of this. So I, I didn't get any more info than that, but we had to work on it at home and then we have to come on a afternoon to present it. So I was I told my mom, oh, I'm going to do it about the Mexican Revolution. I know about that. And so she bought me, you know, we went to the Dollar Tree and she bought me um like the little green soldiers, and I had a picture of the Mexican flag. I, I did it everything at home, the computers to print it and make it pretty, but I did my trifold. I was so proud of it. Mm-hmm. I went, and then um, I, prese- I I didn't, we didn't have to present, we just had to hide it at, at a little table. And then some of my classmates that, you know, spoke more English than me, they were like, why is yours about the Mexican Revolution? And I did have, you know, my the materials they used in mm-hmm. the Mexican Revolution, the purpose of it. I had like the, you know, who participated and the purpose and everything. And they were like, this is a science fair. It, it, you know, it's, it's not like, what does the Mexican Revolution have to do with anything? And of course, I'm sure they gave me like a participation grade, but like, I was so embarrassed. Mm. Like I, just wanted to cry and not be there. And um, I felt so dumb. And what I did wasn't, I wasn't dumb. You know, I, right. I was doing my, my assignment. I just didn't understand the assignment. But um, I guess what I, I, I'm sharing those things because, you know, it's, it's things, how I can relate to, to our students and how I can, um, um, you know, I understand where they're coming from and how frustrating it can be to come to a new country and to learn. I mean, any like I had never seen gravy. It just looked like dirty mm. water. And, you know, <laughs> like all of these things that I had to learn right. and get used to, which I love gravy, by the way, now. <laughs> but, um, but what I want to leave you with is that, you know, eventually that same little girl moved from like ESL shelter classes to AP classes mm. to writing winning essays and got many scholarships to go to college. I graduated, um, you know, debt-free because it was just based on my merit financial aid that I received. Um, Yeah, there were some struggles, but I am so thankful, you know, to my mom for bringing me here, to the teachers, to the mentors, and to my family because they believed in me, you know, from, they've always believed in me, and I've met amazing people. And I'm able to share my story and, you know, hopefully um, inspired others that like, yeah, like maybe it's, it's rough, you know, being in this situation right now. But like you can be doing something like what I'm doing, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm working on my dream job. Like it's 
it's it's a pleasure to to come to school. I I remember the first time um, when I was going to do my first job as a teacher, I got butterflies in my stomach mm. because I was finally going to achieve that dream, you know. And and even like from graduation to actually teaching, there were a lot of struggles with that. But you know, that's another story. But um, I remember beating the alarm clock because after all of these different things, I was finally able to to be a teacher. I was able to um, have a group of students, have a group of fresh minds that were ready to be loved on and um, that were wanting to listen, listen to me. And I can, you know, relate with them in so many different levels. And yeah. So it's I, an amazing I digressed story. a little bit. No, no. I mean, but, this is all, I mean, but it, it tells the, it tells your experiences and, and, and your life stories is what makes you the teacher that you are today. I mean, that's, if you didn't have those experiences or that life story, then, then actually the kids are missing out on, on some of the struggles you went through and, and how you can help them when they are, are facing their own challenges and mm -hmm. battles. When you, Obviously, you've got your kids here and, and, and you do everything you can do here for them, but, but there's also a bigger outreach piece that you play as well. Um, Caprock has a Hispanic Heritage Expo um, night that you guys did last fall, mm -hmm. um, and you also have an international festival that you're hosting this month. So how do those help the community? How do they help the school? Um, and even with your stories, how do those even intertwine with, with what you're trying to accomplish here? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad that you asked about this. I'm excited because it's going to give me an opportunity. I don't know when this is going to go on air, but I'm going to invite everyone to come, community members, sure. um, even um, to come next Thursday, April 28th, 20th at 530. It's our um, international um, festival. Um, one of the reasons why I love working at Caprock is because we have such a diverse population, not just in ethnicity, but also socio socioeconomic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see a lot of different people um, and we're all very different. But somehow we make a great family, like in the classrooms, the teachers, our administration. So last year we did the Cinco de Mayo and then we did the Hispanic Heritage, as you said. Uh, we had the Piñata contest and both of them were very successful thanks to the support of our parents and and different teachers that helped. And next week we're hosting the International Festival and we're celebrating. We're going to have a parade where 24 countries are participating and uh, those same countries or a lot of those countries are also going to have a um, like a trifle poster mm -hmm. explaining, you know, something, like, teaching us something about their country. And doing these events are very important to me because, you know, as an, as an immigrant myself, I feel that sometimes and in my in my path, sometimes I um, I felt like being different was something to not be proud. Um, and I try to fit in. Uh, for many years, I allowed people to just say my name however they wanted mm -hmm. um, and just call me Eva or Ava. And now I'm with the Leader in Me program. Mm -hmm. I'm also finding my voice and I, I let others know, like, my name is Eva. Mm -hmm. Please call me Eva. If they choose to continue to sure. call me otherwise, you know, yeah. that's, that's on them. But, like, um, I, my message to anyone listening is to be who you are, say where you came from, and be proud of it. I hope that you know everyone on our campus feels welcome and celebrated every day they walk through our doors. 
I am so thankful for the opportunities that, you know, this great country has offered me. I, as a naturalized citizen, I'm, I'm thankful for all the rights that I have. But I also take pride um, in, in, my, in my roots. And acknowledging that, I think, is the reason why I'm sitting here with mm -hmm. you today. Um, if you look at it from a student perspective, doing, um, you know, just like as a teacher, I guess, but like with, for the benefit of student, doing something to make our students feel proud is good for their self-esteem, which is also good for academics. I've gotten so many um, positive feedback from administration and the teachers and parents. We, you know, for example, have parents that didn't know that there was another family that was also from Poland or from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, oh, you know, my kid um, is not that proud to wear their outfit, but they're excited to to be wearing their, their you know, their outfit from the Philippines um, since you're doing this event. And being able to connect those families or... Um, this for the students to be proud of, of where they came from and um that's that's what keeps me you know doing this events I, I find that to be important and helping others find find their voice you know at caprock as i've mentioned we mm -hmm. have the leader in, in me program and so i want um the students to be able to to feel proud to find their voice and to find the leader in them that's because awesome. you know here we're not um, we're not just growing learners we're growing leaders so this question is really frankly just a repetitive thing that I'm getting ready to ask but at the end of every podcast we always like to dive into what is um, we want people to express their why you know, mm -hmm. what what what's their passion what are they why are they wired the way they're wired or what what is it that they try to do a, or accomplish every single day. You've already pretty much said all of it, mm -hmm. um, but if you were to f summarize or if you were to put it into, into a shorter phrase, what what's your why? Yeah, I think this is a part where maybe some people would, would talk about, you know, my education philosophy mm -hmm. and like what the mm -hmm. famous thinkers have said mm -hmm. and I believe this and that, but to sum it up in two words, we recently went to the Leader in Me conference mm -hmm. and the guy that was talking about Dr. Brown he was amazing. And I think he said two words that, you know, I still keep in my heart and, and it's just two words because kids, mm. because kids, mm. that is my why kids are the future. I know, you know, it sounds cliche for a teacher to sure. be saying, look, I go to school to teach kids because kids, but it's the truth. You know, a study shows that the positive student teacher relationships are directly linked to academic students to academic success. I make it a point as part of my routine of a teacher, you know, to every new academic year, I always make it, um, make an effort to watch this clip by Rita Pearson and title, Every Child Needs a Champion. I don't okay. know if you've heard of it, it's amazing. In the clip, you know, she talks about student relationships and how believing in children can make or break them. Mm. I want all of my students to achieve the dreams like I have. I know I'm just a teacher, but like, this is my dream. And so I want, um, I want to be that teacher that makes an impact in their lives. I want the world to know that this profession is filled with amazing teachers that love their students. And, you know, this is not, I always say that, that what I do, it's not, it's not a profession. It's not a job. It's, it's a vocation. Like, and, I, and I know that I, there's a lot of people like me in this campus, in this district, and we do it because kids. Because when, you know, leaders 
and everyone in charge in places, not even above you. Mm-hmm. Um, start investing more in students and the teachers. Tomorrow will be a better day and it will be a better future. Because kids. Because kids. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, thank you to Dr. Westfall and Eva. What a just really inspiring story she had there. It really was incredible. I love that learning ignited something in her at such a young age and how she always made education a priority no matter what obstacles she faced. She talked about how she just knew she was meant for more, and that really touched me. I just love how she said teaching is powerful, Mm. and she's so right. Definitely. Her love for teaching and I think that commitment to education that she Mm -hmm. has was really inspiring to me. Um, You know, she brings, I think, an important perspective to the role she has. I'm willing to bet there's not a lot of us out there who – have had that experience of sitting in a classroom and just not understanding a word right. of other people around us or what's going on exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that she's been there, she's been through that um, situation and now she's, you know, she's working with students who were sitting in that seat that she was once sitting in. I just think that's going to be so valuable for them as students you know, learning from her. Yeah. I'm just really in awe of how driven she was. She never lost sight of how leaving all she knew meant that she would alter the trajectory of her boys and future generations of her family. She literally said, this is a new path we can start for a family, and she did it. And I have no doubt that they are all so very proud of her. Yeah, and really not just them, but really all the students that she makes connections with as well. She's such a strong advocate for helping students find their voice and feel proud of their heritage. Um, I had a chance to be at Caprock's Heritage Hispanic Expo last fall, and it was great to be able to see uh, the pride that the students took in preparing the presentations that they uh, gave and uh, preparing all the specialty foods from their family's cultures. And and then just watching them get to share that with their peers, it was just an amazing educational experience for, for everybody involved. That's really great. A lot of great opportunities for that campus, and I know a lot of our other campuses are doing that as well. So I love that for all of our little sweet learners here in Keller ISD. Definitely. Well, it was a great episode. Thank you again to, to Eva for sharing her story with us. And uh, to all our listeners, stay tuned to see who will join Dr. Westfall next time. For now, don't forget to follow Keller ISD on social media. We're at Keller ISD on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Keller ISD. You can also keep up with Dr. Westfall on Twitter by following him at Dr. R. Dub Keller ISD. And you can find the links to all of that in our show notes. And you can even go back and listen to any of the past episodes from the past five years, including our earlier video episodes on our YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com slash Keller ISD. Absolutely. And feel free to encourage everyone you know to subscribe to this podcast. We love it when you join us and we're excited for you to listen in again for our next edition of Westfall One-on-One. Until next time. Hashtag Hashtag celebrate celebrate KISD. KISD.